0: back to another episode of Being with me, your girl, your homie, your bestie, your friend, your sis, Ayabola Deborah. If you're listening in for the first time, you are joining us on episode 7, so you're way behind. I would very kindly, but you know, with a little bit of pressure, uh, suggest that you go back and listen. Start with episode 1 and join the rest of us um, here on episode 7. I promise you, you won't regret it you'll enjoy it I'm serious you will um, and to those of you who have been listening from episode one shout out to you guys you guys are the real MVPs um so yeah what's popping? What's cracking? What it do? What it be? What's it been, and what is it gonna be? Make sure you feel me and hit me up on all of my social medias. It's Iyola Deborah on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Reach out to me, and I will do my best to respond. Um, currently, my response times are quite poor because, believe it or not, I am in the Philippines. Um, yeah, it took over seventeen hours of traveling to get here. But I'm finally here and will be here for a few weeks. Um, I'm actually recording this in the middle of the night because it's 2-0 and jet lag is winning. Um, I haven't been able to sleep for more than three hours at a time because the Philippines is seven hours ahead of the UK and my whole body is just messed up, not even just the sleeping, like the digesting of my food and stuff is just a mess. I just feel a bit all over the place, a bit disoriented. And I think the weather is reflecting that because at the moment, although it's 30 degrees, it's 99% humidity. Um, it's been pouring with rain nonstop since we've been here. I think only a few hours today did the rain stop. And um, there's an impending cyclone. Oh, and this also just happens to be an earthquake uh, zone or zone area, whatever you want to call it. Um, Yeah, so I'm in the Philippines. (laughs) I say all of that to say that. Um, And I just decided this would would be a good opportunity to record something. Seeing as I'm awake, I might as well do something productive. Um, Right, so today's episode. I would really, um, quite briefly actually like to talk about resilience. And I just want to share um, my personal story with regards to resilience, something that I have learned very recently and I've kind of seen the rewards and the fruit of. Um, And actually me being in the Philippines is a fruit of resilience. So um, I believe I've mentioned before And I think I've done so particularly on my social media. I've mentioned that I work in FinTech, which is finance and technology. I work for a startup company um, and for a time I was responsible for dealing with or managing and implementing and creating whatever a process for um, the complaints and for consumer vulnerability. So those of you who are not familiar with the financial sector, they are The financial sector is heavily regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, um, popularly known as the FCA, Um, and they have all these rules and regulations regarding how financial firms have to conduct business. Now, before starting um, at this job, I had no previous financial background. I mean, it still boggles my mind on a daily that I work in finance because literally the only thing I know how to count is my money like to the point where if I go to the corner shop and I pay cash for something before they've calculated how much they need to give you give me back I've already calculated and if you try and give me one penny short I'm gonna be on your ass that's how my mathematics work so the fact that I'm now working in finance and I have to talk about interest often on a daily basis it still boggles my mind um but that's what I do and um before I started Working at this company, um, they didn't have anybody that was doing my role. So the company was kind of just coasting through with regards to complaints and vulnerability. Um, Eventually, they hired me and I started working and I taught myself everything I know about finance um, through reading and through listening to webinars and and seminars um, that are online and not really podcasts, to be honest, because I don't really want that on my phone. I try and separate work and um, my life. Um, very strict about that but I took the time to learn all of these things I say that to say um, and I was able to build a process a complaints process which was the most important thing to do um, to the point where the CEO told me he said you know Deborah um, we're really glad that you're on board We're so happy about it we were actually looking for someone to fill your role for about 18 months and I was really taken aback by that but I was very aware of the expectation that was on my shoulders and in my opinion, I delivered. I delivered what I was asked to do. The process was running itself and it was functioning. There were hiccups. And I think that's natural with something that's newly created. But I think the, the, the process that was created is self-function and it's self-sufficient and it just needed some fine tuning, um, bearing in mind that I did all of this by myself. But I think um, for me, I've never worked in an environment whereby I don't get on like a house on fire with my colleagues. I've always worked in places where the people that I work with are people that um, I get on really, really, really well with to the point where when the job itself becomes frustrating, going into work is not that much of an issue because the people that I work with make it easier and we work well together. That was my previous experience. Um, And I think for the first four or five months, um, I didn't necessarily get on with anyone like a house on fire, but everybody was really nice and it was cool working there. For me, I enjoyed the challenge. I like a challenge and um, it was allowing me to be creative. And as a creative person, having the opportunity to um, have a creative outlet like that and have autonomy creating something that would eventually be rolled out to the whole business and will be the template that the business uses as it continues to grow um, was really exciting for me. So I was really like all in on this. Um, But after like month five or six, things started to change. And I started to notice that, you know, I would get passive aggressive emails from key stakeholders. Um, I'd get attitude from certain people in conversation. Um, People would avoid talking to me directly, but would send passive aggressive emails to my manager um, and copy me in and try to frame me and make me look bad. And um, at the beginning of this year, I was finding that, you know, conversations about me were being had by these managers or senior stakeholders um, and decisions were being made without my input. Now, To some people that might not seem like a big deal, but in a company that has less than 100 people, it's still relatively small. And so the opportunity to be involved is there from the jump. And I was denied this opportunity and decisions were being made about me, um, about the work that I do, uh, decisions that would have an impact on me were being made without me being involved and very quickly i became quite disillusioned because i recognized that i was undervalued i was being overlooked i was being ignored i was being unappreciated Um, and i was on the receiving end of a lot of vitriol from some from different um, individuals and that that's where jerusalem came in i've mentioned jerusalem before um And it was really hard and and progressively things got worse and worse and worse. And what I didn't realize was that I was concealing a lot of this stuff, especially at work, to the point where it started to affect my health. Um, I've always had migraines uh, from childhood Um, and they used to be worse when I was younger. But that's that's a scientific thing. Migraines don't uh, tend to get worse as you get older. They actually tend to get better. But I still get migraines and I get headaches quite a lot. Um, But in this time period, in the last seven months um, of the year, I experienced continuous migraines. It was like once or twice, sometimes three times a week. And I would have to stay home and work from home just so that I could control my environment. Because if you don't know, when you have a migraine, you are particularly sensitive to a lot of things. So smells... um, sounds, sensitivity to light. Um, You just can't do anything. You just need to be in a pitch black, dead silent room, um, drugged up, and you need to sleep it off. And even after you sleep it off, you do feel very disoriented, very weak, and very just very fragile is the word that I would use to describe it. But this was happening to me at a rate that was a bit worrying, and so I went to see the doctor um, and I was poked and prodded um i can't even i won't even tell you the story of the nurse who I believe was a sadist, but the way she stabbed me with that needle yeah, I should have made a complaint but um, anyway, um I was having numerous tests and you know God bless the NHS but it is a bit of a mess um because I was tossed here and there between hospitals trying to get an appointment with the right person just to figure out what was going on. And in the end, I met with a neurologist and we had a a long consultation. It was about an hour. And he concluded that um, I was suffering from migraines with aura. And he was quite pessimistic, actually, um, in his diagnosis and what he recommended that I do. But I decided within myself that I'm not going to take that on board um, because I just don't believe that it was for me. I didn't want to accept what he tried to put out into the atmosphere over my life I just didn't think that it was right um, and so i had been dealing with this and it took me a while to realize that the continuous migraines I was having was as a result of the stress that I was undergoing at work whereby like I said before it was being ignored, um, overworked, ignored, undervalued, all of those things. Um, now in this time period I did vent a lot to you know certain people there are quite a few people who knew what I was experiencing at work and everybody had their own sort of advice to give but I think within myself I was at the point of giving up and I was literally just going into work as a, as a, a, a type of formality Right. It was just something that I needed to do so that I could get paid. Right. I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be around anyone there. I didn't want to talk to anyone. And that's not to say that I don't have people that I really get on with at work. I do. But because of the situation that I found myself in where I was being quite heavily policed, um, it was just a very uncomfortable uncomfortable environment for me. And being a minority, I am one of three black women in the um, entire company, I'm very aware of what the racial stereotypes are about black women in the workplace. And so that kind of um, led me to carry myself in a way that could not be misconstrued as me being an angry black woman or me being um, overly emotional or being unreasonable, being unapproachable, or intimidating. These are the the normal stereotypes that are uh, attached to and associated with black women in a professional environment, especially in the corporate world. Um, and although I was aware of those things, I didn't realize that regardless of what I did, I was kind of labeled with those things anyway. Those words were flying around. Um, and it, it, it really bothered bothered me because I knew that. Because of that stereotype I had to work extra hard to make sure that that wasn't the perception that people had of me but I guess I slowly realized that sometimes no matter what you do people will have their opinion regardless and there's very little you can do about that um so all of this was going on and like I said I was reaching the point where I just wanted to quit and I was just going in for the sake of going in um, until I had a conversation with my mother and she was just like she just said to me you know what um, babes I think God is trying to build up." resilience in you and I was just like you know what this is not really what I want to hear you know when you're in that space when you're just so frustrated you're fed up you don't really want to hear anybody give you the you know it is well God is in control you can do this go Deborah team Deborah like it's not what you want to hear you want somebody to almost kind of join you in your misery and 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 just let you wallow for a minute Um, And I don't necessarily think that I wanted to wallow, but I did want to vent and be allowed to vent. But what she said really struck a chord with me. And I started to reassess my life and started to think about the situations that I found myself in beforehand and how I'd handled those things. Now, I'm not the type of person to just quit and walk out of a job. Um, I'm not saying that it's the right or wrong thing to do. I do believe that perhaps maybe in some rare occasions it may be the right thing to do for for someone but for me i don't think that that's the right thing for me to do i don't think it's wise for me at this stage of my life to just quit um for the sake of quitting and not quit for the right reasons as well um because i was of the of the view that even if i was going to leave this job i was going to leave on my own terms and i was not going to be pushed out um and so I had to work hard at building my resilience. I had to see beyond the issues that I was facing in that place and look for opportunities to grow and look for opportunities to do better and look for opportunities to prove myself and not necessarily prove myself to them, but prove to myself that I am capable of riding the storm. I'm capable of riding the wave, whether that means that for a time I might feel like I'm being overcome or I'm being overwhelmed um, I can ride the wave. I can be on top of the wave, whether there's the wave is high or whether the, the water's calm. I need to be the one on top, um, that I can't always be in control of how... Other, well, I can never be in control of how other people behave, but I can be in control with how I respond to those type of situations. Um, and in doing so, I began to build up resistance to bullshit. You know? I began to build up resilience. I began to... Um, take the opportunity to see different, to look at things with a different perspective, to look at opportunities to do better, to look at opportunities to grow. I began asking myself questions about myself and about my character and how I behave and how I conduct myself. Um, And not in a way that was self-deprecating, but in a way that was, it was more of self-reflection and evaluation, asking myself questions as... Um, as a means to and as a way of developing myself to do better. Because at the end of the day, and this is part of the reason why I didn't just, you know, hand in my resignation and walk out, you leave one place with a set of problems and you walk into another with a whole new set of problems. What happens when you face a new set of problems? Are you going to up and leave again? Then that becomes a consistent pattern. And I did not want that to be my story. And so I started to do different and I started to look for opportunities to do better. I um, had the opportunity to train the whole team on a one to one basis and I had the opportunity to really sit down. I was supposed to spend like an 45 minutes to an hour with each person there's about like. 12, 13, maybe like 15 in total, including some of the team leaders. Um, But I spent an hour and a half, sometimes two hours with each person and then doing an individualized feedback for that person just to say, look, this is what we discussed. These are the goals and these are the targets. These are the things that you need to do to excel and be better at what you do. and it was successful you know i started to see the results of me being resilient i started to consider what would have happened if i decided that i was going to let this get the best of me i would have missed out on an, on an opportunity to prove not only to myself but to other people that i am up for the task i was hired for a reason because i am good at what i do i used to say this all the time and it's interesting that I, i've stopped saying this as often but i Believe that I am excellent. I try and be excellent in absolutely every single thing that I do. If I'm not doing it excellently, then something is wrong. And it's not an excuse to not be excellent, but it's a, it's a point for me to then you know assess and consider, why am I not giving this my all? What is the reason behind this? Is it time for me to move on from this? Or is this time for me to reassess myself and just kind of pull up my socks and get on with it and do better? Um, and then in saying all of that, I started to think, yeah, so I'm, I'm doing this, I'm building up my resilience, I'm, I'm, I'm doing better, I'm growing, I'm, I'm getting stronger, I, I'm learning, I'm growing. And then there was another incident that literally knocked me all the way down to the ground. Um, I won't get into the details of that, but basically, again, just the idea of me being totally ignored despite my um, having spoken up about a certain issue. Um, And so it got to the point where I just said to the head of HR, can I have five minutes of your time? And um, we went into a room and I sat down and I began to cry. And I'm not a crier, I think I've said this before. I may tear up at things, but I'm not the kind of person to kind of boohoo. But for the first time in my working life, I boohooed in front of this woman um, and just confronted, the nonsense that I'd been experiencing for the last seven, eight months. And it seemed as though in some weird way, she was already aware of this, which kind of surprised me because she did nothing about it. But um, I felt a release in doing that. And I came to understand that resilience doesn't mean that you keep quiet to the BS. You allow yourself to continuously be maltreated. You allow yourself to be continuously overlooked and ignored and undervalued no it means that you rise up to the challenge and prove that you are better than that it means sometimes standing up for what you believe in and open up opening opening up your mouth and speaking your truth it means sometimes asking for help that is what resilience looks like and for me The reward of that resilience, not only was there a significant improvement across the team and in the stats and all the metrics and all the data, all the things that all the key stakeholders look for. My relationship with these stakeholders changed Um, and it's 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 on the rise. It's doing better. Um, And part of that is the reason why I'm in the Philippines now. So my company, we have we're building our operational team. And so they've hired a client company who are based in the Philippines. And we've had a team that have been working here for the past three, four months. Um, But as you can imagine, it's really, really hard to train a team on something that is heavily regulated, um, quite technical when you're thousands of miles away. So a colleague of mine um, asked that I go along with her. And so, um, yeah, a few weeks later and 17 hours of traveling, through a typhoon, might I add, um, we're here and we're about to start work. I was going to say tomorrow, but later today. Um, and we're going to be here for a few weeks training and, and developing this team and growing this team. And for me, this is an example of the reward of re- resilience. Um, res- resilience means not giving up when shit gets tough. Resilience means to keeping Keeping the momentum. Resilience means to keep fighting even when it feels like you should give up. Resilience means proving that what's on the inside of you is worth the struggle. What you have to give is worth the battle. And under no circumstances am I saying that you should labor um, in vain, that you should toil, but you should work hard. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to share um, with you. I think um, in the past, like I've said, Perhaps I may have given up too easily, but I'm at the stage in my life now where I feel like I have to fight for what's mine. I have to fight for what I believe in. I have to fight for what's right. I have to be comfortable and feel empowered enough to speak my truth because I have a voice and it should be heard. Um, and that doesn't mean that I just speak at the like the most random times or speak when it's most inappropriate but it does mean that I find the right opportunity and the right way of communicating what's important and the things that will benefit me and ultimately benefit the people around me so having said all of that my meal my juice my snack and my word is a quote by Jodie She is an author um, and this is actually from the book My Sister's Keeper has anyone ever watched that film honestly it's one of the most gut-wrenching things I've ever watched I always cry when I watch that movie. Um, And the fact that I've watched it more than once says more about me than uh, anything else. But anyway, um, the quote says, the human capacity for burden is like bamboo, far more flexible than you'd ever believe at first glance. And you know what? I think that's part of... Resilience. I think that's what resilience is. Resilience is about being flexible. It's about bending, um, not to the point where you kind of lose who you are, but resilience is like it's the power and it's the ability to to be flexible and still return back to your original form after you've been bent, you've been compressed, you've been pulled and you've been stretched for it not to compromise who you are at your core and um, And that's what I want to encourage everyone to do. Um, Be resilient. Don't allow things to... Um, squeeze or bend you or pull you out of shape to the point where you no longer recognize who you are. And I think for a long time, that was what was happening to me. I was losing myself in the drama or the issue of the role that I was in. Um, But then when I started to develop that uh, resilience, even though I was still being pressed, I was still being pulled, I was able to return back to being me um, being the Deborah that everyone knows and loves, and yes, the Deborah that everyone knows and loves. I didn't stutter when I said that. Um, so yeah, be encouraged. Um, no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what it is that you're experiencing, develop re- resilience. It's such a beautiful um, characteristic to have. Char- characteristic to have. It's not easy being resilient, but only those who are great um, are resilient. The resilient ones are the great ones. They are the ones that overcome. They are the ones that press on. They are the ones that push through. And if you ever want to be great, then I guess you got to be resilient. So, um, which leads me on to something else. So, for those who don't know, you're about to know. And for those who know, you know, I am a singer. You know, I be singing and stuff. <laughs> I always say that. Um, but yeah, I've been saying that. And um, again, I've mentioned this on the podcast. I did my first live show in uh, March 2017, I believe. Um, and since that time, I always get asked, Debs, when are you doing another show? When are you doing another show? And I've always kind of pushed it away. Um, I've never fought hard enough for something that I love. And, you know, I still have issues with me being a singer there's still some things that I need to work out there but it is honestly something that I love um I shared this on my Instagram um but essentially on the 23rd of October of last year I wrote down in my phone a number of things that I wanted to achieve um I didn't necessarily put a timeline of when I wanted to do those things but I wrote them down anyway and two of those things one of those things has come to pass and it is this podcast. Um, The fact that we're on episode seven and that I have people listening. I don't really care about the numbers. Yes, I look at the numbers just to make sure that people are listening, but I don't care that the numbers are not in the thousands. That's not important to me as impact is important to me. Um, but the fact that this is alive and kicking is amazing because I wrote it down almost a year ago and here it is living and breathing. And the second thing that I wrote down is um, a live show and I titled it A Night Being with Ayabola Deborah." and I am excited to say that it's finally gonna happen. I am beyond excited that it's finally happening and I'm even more excited that you're all invited. Um, I will put the link in the details box but also if you're following me on social media as you should be um, the links are in all of my bios or on all of my posts Um, so just to repeat like I normally do follow me on all of my social medias it's IABola Deborah on Facebook Twitter and Instagram I really do hope that I'll be able to uh, meet some of you some of you that I've never met before I've never communicated before with before um, like i said it will be a live show slash birthday celebration so there'll be a dj um at the end so we can shake a leg or two there's a bar where you can buy drinks so we're scheduled to have a good time um and i think that's it jet lag is really winning and i am super super tired right now um so i'm gonna try and catch some aziz until next time later.